Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another visit to the village. My name is Greg, and joining me is John, Glenn, Ryan. So, uh, hi, gentlemen. Hey, Greg, how you doing? I'm I'm all right. You don't look all right. You look wounded there, buddy. Well, I, I got a sprained wrist, or it might be tendonitis. I'm not sure which, but I had to change a tire on the way here. Is it wet? That what well, is? Because I washed my hand and I didn't take it off. Oh, well, that was pretty dumb. Well, yeah, I was, do, it'll do that. I was near you, so the null field of stupidity. No, I, I, I'm not that dumb. <clears throat> I don't know. I've met you. No, no. But I can't really, you know, hold it against you because you, you did have this tub of M and M's. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big old tub. That's what my girlfriend's. Those are Valentine's Day. Yeah, I don't know. She it's, may not take a, too kindly. To you it's a three-pound jar. Oh shit! I got a crystal. I, I apologize. <laughs> MMT. I just had a bad day, and they look so delicious. I mean, I made you a big old pot of pasta. <clears throat> you did, and let's talk about this. Yeah. Now, I, what brand sauce is this? It is called. Uh, it's Cajun Power. Um, does it say kicking? Kick. Kicking Cajun spaghetti. Yeah. It's a. I got. I heard a lot of reviews from. I've people. seen. I've seen the Cajun Power chili. I had not seen the spaghetti sauce. I was told that the sauce is so good you don't have to do anything to it. You just heat it up, put in whatever meat you want, and you're good to go. And I was at Winn Dixie the other day for some reason, and I stumbled across their huge like Louisiana section. I don't know if you've ever been there. Where? Yeah, Winn Dixie. Oh. There's a huge section of like just straight up Louisiana products, like all Louisiana seasonings and. You know, crab boils and all that shit. It's all in one little area. Dragos oyster butter. Yeah, that was there too. And I found the this pasta sauce, so I picked it up. It was a little pricey. It was like eight something, like nine bucks. The good sauces are because you can get the uh, is it the Tony Mandina? Tony sauce? Mandina. You can, get, you can get it at Rouse's. That's about eight or nine bucks a jar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I heated it up, grilled some uh, <clears throat> green onion sausage, threw it all in a pot. Voila. Hello. What sort of good? What sort of pasta is that, Ryan? Vermicelli. There you go. Yeah. Look at you. And speaking of Windexing, that brings us into something. Oh, else. there's wanna, a poll. Yeah. Well, there's something I want to ask you guys. So uh, I had an experience with a um, with a frozen pizza. Um, mm. Oh yeah, I saw your picture. Yeah, the picture was unsinked. Yeah. All right. So um, so Sandra wasn't feeling too good, and I had to bring Felicity to dance, and so um, I had to pick something up at Windexy. So I just grab a, a frozen pizza, you know, put it in the oven. So. Um, and it was a Winn-Dixie brand one, and I had never heated up a Winn-Dixie brand one, so I wanted to follow the directions to the T. And the directions specifically say, do not put on a pizza stone, put it directly on the grill to make an extra crisp crust. So I did this, and after three minutes, the entire pizza disintegrated and <laughs> melted and exploded. Which I, I still don't know how that happened, but I will say props to the manager in Winn Dixie. I went back and he gave me a giant take and bake pizza and a hundred pepperonis. But um, yeah, exactly. He's like, all we have are cheese pizzas, and he's like, I noticed there was a like. I walked in and he's like, I gotta see it. I gotta see it. I've been making frozen pizzas for thirty years. I've never heard of this before. So I showed, you called him. Was it, yeah. Was it Dean? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> kind of looked like him though, and. Um, so I showed him the picture, and he's like, I'm going to take care of you. And he's like, well, the best the best pizzas we got here, we make at the deli. He's like, all we got are, are cheese ones, but I'm going to hook you up. And he gave me, like, two giant things. He's like, 100 pepperonis are, are enough? And I'm like, yeah. That's more than pizza? enough. Yeah. I hope so. so. But anyway, when I showed him the, the picture, he called a bunch of employees and says, hey, y'all got to come check this out. So a bunch of them came out, and they showed him the picture. And one of the employees said, Oh baby, you gotta use a cooking um, like a cookie sheet on there. And I said, no, it said to put it directly on there. And then like, apparently people are very passionate about this because there was a big debate spurred. 
like, and then when I got to work, everyone was talking about it, and they had, like, people that put it directly on the, the grill in the oven, and then people that put it on a cookie sheet, and everyone was arguing about it. So, frozen so, pizza, what do you, what, what wh- do y'all think? When I showed my wife the picture, her response was, but can't you put it directly on the rack? And I said, that's what I thought, too. Yeah. I know you can. I typically put it on, like, some foil or something. I usually, I have an actual pizza pan that's got all the holes in the bottom yeah, of it. Yeah, that's but what I got. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I, I do that. But, yeah, you're supposed to be able to put it on there. And I think those pizzas, even though they're frozen, I think the crust is usually partially cooked already. It's, and that sounds like there was maybe some kind of error, and it was completely raw dough. Yeah. I, I, so, when it thawed, it there, just... There was something it wrong just, with it. It just... But, but uh, like I said, people are very passionate about their frozen pizzas I've, and the correct uh, way to cook them. I forgot. I have cooked the pizza directly on the rack before. I didn't find it made much of a difference. It was a pain in the ass to get it out without burning myself. Yeah. So I just find it easier. That's actually why I use the foil. Yeah, like the, the, the pan John described is the best thing I've, I've ever got. Like, I think it's better than the stone. Like, yeah. the, the flat cookie sheet with the holes in it. Because it gets the it gets the hot air in the bottom of it. Crisp yeah. up the crust. Well, well, the, and I put, a, I put foil down. Well, I, I had I, I found that. I don't, I don't put foil because that way the air gets to the... The, the pizza oh, stone, I, I realized I had been using it wrong until I noticed on the Food Network, you're supposed to put the pizza stone in and preheat it with the oven. Yeah. And then when it slides on, the pizza stone like starts cooking the dough immediately. But, um, so I mean, I usually use one of those, but I was like, I've never used this one, so I'm going to follow the directions yeah, to the T. I think John's right. I think it was raw dough. That's why it went it through, have been raw, it went through raw the oven rack. But, That's yeah. the only explanation. Either that or they just forgot the crust because... <laughs> It was just, just put the cheese. It, it was just it, it was just gone. And if you wonder what we, if you want to see the pictures when Ryan puts the uh, the Facebook post oh, yeah, yeah, for it, make sure you make sure you include, I'll send, include I'll, the yeah, picture I'll on there. I'll send you the picture of the this this looked crazy. I when Glenn sent it to us, I was like, "There's something wrong there." Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so it, it just although one of my coworkers just looked at it and he's like, "Man, you got a clean oven." <laughs> you know, like the, when, you, when I saw the picture, it almost looked like you just took like. All the toppings off the pizza and just put that directly on the rack. Right. <laughs> like there was no crust it, it, or bread. When That's I first, what it looked like. When I first saw the picture on social media, I didn't read the caption at first. I thought you were trying to do some kind of science experiment. <laughs> and and the shit just didn't go right. I didn't realize. I, I read and I was like, oh, it's a fucking pizza. It <laughs> looked like the pizza was made of ice. And then it melted like ice slowly does. Well, and the thing was, the, the box said to put it in for 19 minutes. So I set the thing for 19 minutes. And after three minutes, we hear this sizzling. And yeah, me and think- Sandra are like... What the hell is is that? And when we open it up, like neither one of us were really upset. We I were think, just so confused. I, I think it's wrong. I feel like even if you'd had that on a pizza pan, I think it still would have been messed up because it, it's it would have oozed off because oozed the off. whole thing melted. Yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll put the picture up on the. But it's yeah, I, I was just completely aghast with like how passionate people are of like directly on the rack versus on a cookie sheet because everyone was just so passionate about it. I gotta tell you, I'm not really into frozen pizzas as much because. Most pizza places, like the fast food pizza places, they always have some kind of cheap ass special that's cheaper than frozen pizzas. And also, like the grocery stores now have the yeah. pizzas they make. Like Walmart's pizzas yep. are really good. They're very good. Well, I mean, that's what the guy gave me, and it was yeah. huge. Um, and now you can get from Little Caesars, you can get a Batman pizza. You see that? Yeah, with the, the calzones on the, the calzone, end. Batman calzoni. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't even really look like the. It bat looks so goddamn it, look, it looks so stupid. <laughs> yeah. It looks like they took a regular Little Caesars pizza and like trimmed, like cut the edges and folded them over, <laughs> and then charged more for it because because right. because it, it looks like Robert Pattinson. Yeah, but it doesn't. It does. Anyway, that that, that yeah. Well, your homes to Bel Air. Oh yeah, so I, yeah, I got to I watched this today. Well, all right, so on the Peacock, <laughs> there um, there's an interesting kind of I call it an experimental kind of show because. 
we all know the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm-hmm. one of the the best sitcoms of all time. Well, Will Smith decided to do this experiment where they are remaking the show, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, with the exact same premise, but they're doing it as a drama. So, I've been kind of unsure about this since the get-go, but you know, I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, you know, Will Smith's putting his name behind it, and I mean, he went and searched for this guy Jabari Banks, which is funny that his name's Banks. The guy that's playing Will, yeah. he's playing Will Smith. Who but, lives with the Bankses? That's right. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I watched this the the first episode of this today. So I I haven't gotten to the three episode rule yet, but I did watch the pilot today. And so on Peacock, it's about an hour long, um, and I'm still I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet. I'm gonna have to give the three episodes because it's very. How many came out? There's probably five on there right now. Oh, so yeah. it's been out for a little bit. I mean, it came. Or did they just dump it. I think they over? dumped it because it came out. It started on the. Tw- no, I'm not sure when the the next episode. It comes on um, Thursdays. So they went, they probably put out like three or four to start. Yeah. Yeah, well, I want to say they dropped the first episode on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. So that should show you when. Um, well, that, that, that means it's only like two weeks old. Yeah, so they probably dropped two or three the, yeah. the first time. But, um, so the uh, the premises is the exact same premise as Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, Jabari Banks plays Will Smith, uh, lives in West Philly. He's a... Uh, um, we know the song. He's born and raised. Yeah. <laughs> we know the song. Well, he, all right, so this kid's a, he's like a basketball phenomenon. And, uh, B-ball yeah, and, mm-hmm. uh... He has a great game at high at his high school with all these college scouts are there, so he's getting all these scholarship offers. And a couple of guys. Right? And sure enough, um, a guy that was up to no good confronted him <laughs> and basically said, um, if I hadn't gotten arrested and gone to juvie, that scholarship would have been mine. And he challenges Will to a two-on-two basketball game in the middle of the night at this basketball court. And Will... Can't be disrespected in his hometown, so him and one of his buddies go meet him there in the middle of the night. This drug dealer comes out and um, and says, uh, "This is my basketball court. If y'all want to play, you know, y'all don't play for free." And he makes a deal with Will. He's like, "I'll let you play this guy, but if you win, we'll give you two thousand dollars. But if you lose, you're gonna sell drugs for me." So Will makes the deal. He uh, plays and he wins. And then, and this is all very dramatic. There's nothing funny in it. But then, of the things from the opening of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that they want to incorporate, I thought this was an odd decision. So, after he wins the game and he's, like, celebrating, the drug dealer's all pissed off because, you know, he has to give him two grand. And the guy that he beats grabs the basketball and hums it at Will as hard as he can. Will ducks, and the ball bounces off the drug dealer's head. Just like the opening of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And this big fight ensues. They start kicking the shit out of Will's friend. Will pulls a gun, shoots it in the air. They all get arrested. The next thing you know, his mom has him on a plane. Because she got scared. Yeah, because <laughs> she knows his drug deal is going to find him and kill him. So going to move with his auntie and uncle. And yeah, so, she, so Uncle Phil helped him get rid of the, uh, the charges against him. And he flies out to Bel Air. And immediately he's picked up by an Uber driven by a guy named Jazz. And, um, but so he he doesn't take a cab all the way from Philly that's right. to Bel Air like he does. And and the Uber has big fuzzy dice around the around the mirror. Did it smell? You know they never mentioned the odor. <laughs> Just uh, him and Jazz kind of hit it off and um, become buddies. And 
then he goes and he meets his, the Banks family. So, um, just already, by the way, you're like I think my biggest problem with this is that it follows too closely. Oh, it's the exact same. To where like I would constantly be thinking about the original show. And and they do pepper in a couple. Of, and for being such a hard hitting drama, like there's a scene where, you know, Uncle Phil's introducing him to because in this uh, incarnation, Uncle Phil's running for DA. And he's introducing them to all these politicians, and you know they ask why he's there, and he just sort of said, um, "You know, I got one little fight. My mom got scared." And yeah, so he actually he says that in the in the show, and then um, I can see why you're on the fence. I'm on the fence just hearing about the it. The one thing that I will say that I really liked is what they did with Hillary, because in this version, Hillary is a social media influencer, and if the show came out today, that's exactly what Hillary would be, where she's like doing recipes on TikTok and she's all you know she does Instagram shit stuff has her fiance died yet <laughs> not, I'm, I'm, not I'm, yet I'm not yet uh, but it's only know. one episode in Greg can't, it can't all happen in the so first I will say I did like what they did with Hillary um, Carlton they're kind of really starting this plot line of him hanging out with lots of white people because him and Will get in an argument because they're all singing this rap song, and all his friends are saying the N-word multiple times. Oh, and by the way, this is very R-rated. There's lots of language in this. Does Carlton like Tom Jones? He yes. hasn't mentioned Tom Jones. Like, they're singing a hard, like, gangster rap song, and they're constantly saying the N-word, and Will gets mad and, like, yells at the, his white friends that they can't say that word. And Will and Carlton takes up for his friends, and they get in a big fight. Jeffrey is almost like Alfred, where he's, like, this big buff dude that's constantly giving Jazz $100 bills. Um, it's just very bizarre. It's very because I'm just so used to the the comedy stuff, and this it's just more like the OC. And um, it's, it's an like, interesting idea. Yeah, it, like I said, it's an interesting experiment. I don't see how the how it like lasts though, because, because people maybe, are, maybe they can start a trend. Maybe we do like a, a drama of Sanford and Son or something. <laughs> Imagine doing like a drama of Cheers about alcoholics and yeah, like, I feel like they could be opening up a can of worms with this. Yeah, just call it Malone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just like I said, I, I'll I'll do the three episode rule and, and give you all an update. But I, I'm just in the word in the immortal words of Randy Jackson, I'm just eyed on this right now. Okay. Well, the season hath ended on a wonderful, wonderful television program by the name of Peacemaker. That's right. Yeah. John, tell us a little bit about this finale. This is a, it was an epic finale. It was, it, it was it, very it was, they, uh, it was the, the, the members of the team, Peacemaker and Vigilante and, and the, the few others that are still there, they decided they had to go in and stop the, the big bads from what, what's happening. I don't want to give away too much if yeah. y'all are still in the middle of it. And they even, uh, they even get in touch with Amanda Waller at some point and say, you know, this is pretty crazy. Is there any way you can like you can just like call the Justice League, <laughs> and and you know that that doesn't happen. So they just have to go in guns blazing and use some of Peacemaker's crazy helmets and his shield and his shield. I love why they have to go in guns blazing. It's because they have this really well thought out plan that just goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All due to accidents. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to give away too much about this, but it was um, it's definitely left open for another season. Um, which it has been renewed now. Yes, and um, and um, James Gunn got just got engaged to um, Jennifer Holland, who plays Amelia in the yeah. show. Good for him, and I think he's they he got renewed, and he's directing. Oh, he's directing and writing all the episodes yeah. again, which is good. Um, but yeah, this this show was just it was a del- I didn't know what to expect because this character was kind of funny and uh, but I didn't in, in in Suicide Squad, but I wonder what oh, made them they, wait his character the Suicide Squad the Suicide Squad like, sorry. of all the characters. 
why him? Well, apparently James Gunn said he wrote this during lockdown, just his character, and like almost kind of like as a joke. Yeah. And then they they liked it and picked it up and and it worked. It's just of all the characters from The Suicide Squad, I'm just like, what what made him so special? And yeah. apparently he's got another show in mind that he said with another random crazy character that HBO was interested in. So we may get another one. I don't. I don't. He didn't say which one it would be. I haven't gotten into this yet. But I, I thought it was it was delightful. It was just it was yes. It's it, a lot of fun. You guys should listen to me when I tell you about wrestling, man. These wrestling guys, they know what they're doing. I mean, I gave you credit for Batista. You should give me credit for The Rock. I, I told people about The Rock way before he. Most people knew about. Well, John he, Cena, he actually gives some pretty like dramatic scenes in this yeah. too. I mean, his exercise in his face scenes. Exercise in his face muscles. I mean, I keep trying to tell people with wrestling, they, they a lot of them go it's to acting, acting school yeah, yeah. To, 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 to cut promos and stuff, well, the good ones. It's funny, I was actually watching an interview recently, and I, wanted, I actually wanted to ask you about this, but uh, John Cena was talking about how he used to give uh, The Rock a lot of crap, mm-hmm. and he said he feels he was wrong about it because of course he, was he's like, he paved the way for what, yeah. what I do now. It actually led to a great <clears throat> feud between the two where The Rock actually came back and they had a series of matches, but yeah, he used to talk shit about The Rock because... The Rock left to go to Hollywood. He felt like The Rock abandoned the WWE fans, and now John Cena's doing the same thing. But to me, the way I look at it is if a professional wrestler is able to go mainstream acting, that just enhances what they do in professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, legitimate. Batista's doing Oscar-nominated shit, like freaking Blade Runner and stuff. He's he's not just doing, you know, the run-of-the-mill action movies. I mean, I mean The Rock is... Kind of stick into what works with him, but and so is John Cena. But he's he, they both know what they can do, yeah. and they they do it well. And I mean, I'd say if, like of Don't all the stuff The Rock does, the the stuff he did on um, uh, the, the show Ballers, Ballers, that was probably the the most acting mm-hmm. chops I've seen him show. But yeah, they're they're all they're they all know what they're doing. And, I'm I'm, a, I'm probably gonna check out Peacemaker. And John Cena's got very good comedic timing too. Like he's he's, he's really a funny fun, guy. He's really funny in the show. He's very capable uh, and he doesn't mind like being self-deprecating and that's what i find very cool about him and, and especially with his character mm-hmm. there are a lot of weird positions this character gets put in yeah that other actors might be like oh i'm gonna ruin my image but he's just like nah let's go for it yeah and robert patrick was so awesome <laughs> as this completely despisable character yeah in the in the show but um the supporting yeah. characters in the show were it's great. A, it's too. a good ensemble. It's a very good ensemble. I, I really enjoyed the show. You can binge it all on HBO Max. HBO Max. It's all on there. This one was eight episodes. It's like That's my right. new favorite streaming service right now. It is really good. HBO Max is a yeah. streaming service. Didn't start off too good, but man, they really. Yeah. I think that, I, honestly, that's going to be kind of the problem with a lot of these things. They'll start off unless they have a back catalog already. There's just so many of these streaming services. There really is. The comedian Jim Gaffigan, you know, he posted a thing. He said, "I've got a great idea. Somebody should start this company where they yeah. bundle together all call these streaming servers and call it cable." Well, isn't is one of them merging with Showtime? Did I read that recently? Maybe. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not sure. I think it was Paramount Plus might be merging with Showtime. That would be awesome because I already pay for Paramount Plus. Yeah. And yeah, it would be great to have the Showtime attached to it, so I don't have to keep <clears throat> borrowing. Yeah. You come to my house and watch it, Greg. That's what you do. That's what I do. I, I get some of that side showtime. <laughs> oh, look what that. <clears throat> but speaking of streaming services and speaking of Paramount Plus, Star Trek Discovery is back from its mid-season That's right. hiatus with this little bit of a cliffhanger that it had. That's right. So yeah, we got um two the first two of this back half. So you wanna you wanna 
You have you seen them both? I've seen them both. Yeah, I actually watched the the second one during my lunch today. I actually did. I finish it. Oh, it was probably like the last ten minutes. Oh. Yeah, so I, I, I'm ten minutes shy of finishing. Okay, it. well, no, I watched it today too because you know oh, we're recording this on President's Day, so I was I was home. home there today. you go. But um, basically, where we last left these characters, there's <clears throat> this the thing called the DMA, which is this like object that's basically tearing through space, and it's coming from this part outside of like the observable like galaxy and it's massive it's huge and basically what it does is it goes into an area and then it just moves it's like, like a black hole that can just you know travel um and throughout the course of the season they've been kind of discovering what it is and it's the species that basically sent this thing out for what purpose they don't know but they finally found a way to track it and so there's a big debate that happens at the end of uh of the last episodes where basically they can either try to do first contact with these people and find out what's going on and tell them that they're hurting this area of space, or uh, there's a weapon that is unconventional uh, and actually was has been banned by Starfleet, um, and they can use that and destroy it. Which is it the same weapon they talked about in Star Trek Insurrection? It is. Yeah, yeah, the 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 thing that it's like the isolated uh, yeah charge that the the sonar used. And so basically, that's the, where it left off is the the captain of the Discovery has a close relationship with someone whose entire world got wiped out by it, and there's another person who's trying to get back to an alternate reality. So they team up, and they break away, and the captain now has to go hunt this person that she cares about. So these episodes kind of pick up there. Yeah. And um, over the course of the last two, we kind of find out the what the DMA has been doing, like what, why it's doing what it's been doing, mm-hmm. and, um, and kind of why it destroyed... The world that it did. The last step, the second episode was one thing that's really cool. So there's this thing in Star Trek Discovery uh, called the Spore Drive, and that's kind of the the whole reason that the ship, the, the Discovery, the ship, the Discovery is the main ship of this show, where it has this um, experimental warp drive. It was something with spores from these certain... So there's a mycelial mush- network yeah. that yeah, runs could, through subspace, and basically you can use these spores to instantaneously travel from one point in the universe right. to another. Like the um, Horizon. There you go. Basically, yeah, only a little bit more directed. So they can be like, hey, we're going to go this this place, and they do black alert, and the thing just, like, flips. And they're there. So um, when they... There's a... And we've mentioned this before in... Um, the end of season two, there's a time jump where they go to the far future. So um, they're trying to experiment with creating a second spore drive. And the last episode, there's a pretty cool space fight between two ships with these spore drives that are constantly jumping back and forth and you know firing their photon torpedoes as they're jumping. And the way that it was shot with the effects looked amazing. Like that was one of my favorite things they've ever done on Discovery. But, yeah, it's kind of funny too. The some of the technology they had to do that kind of makes other things laughably obsolete, like cloaking devices and stuff like that. And eh, not right. really matter all that much when you have programmable matter and exactly things yeah. like that. Um, but it's really kind of cool. And I'm very curious. They said the species that created this DMA is someone we've never seen before, which is good. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious to see where this is going to lead back to because where they're setting it up now. If this thing has the technology to do what it's doing currently, they're worried about what its weapons are going to be. Right. And if they piss it off, that's kind of the big thing. We should try diplomacy first, because if we piss it off and it thinks it's an act of aggression, then... <laughs> we, won't, we won't survive. Yeah, this this continues to be a show that I think is massively underrated, and people should really... I, I like 
I, I will say that at first I was kind of lukewarm on it. Ever since they jumped to the far future, I've been a little more keen on it. But um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, Shanika Martin Green, she just kills it as um, she's awesome as, as Captain Burnham. Before we jump to the movie, I just want to quickly mention a couple episodes back we started talking about um, underrated shows, and I finally finished one of the ones that I started based on John's recommendation. I finished the entire series of episodes on Showtime. And, uh, yeah, that's a phenomenal, hilarious show. Um, it's on Showtime, and Matt LeBlanc is amazing. I, I dare say he's better on this than he was on Friends, mm -hmm. um, just the way he's able to just make fun of himself. So if you guys want to check out our show, everybody's always asking, what should I watch? I just finished this. I need something else to watch. Episodes on Showtime. Five seasons. They're like six episodes each season. Something and they're like, that. like half hour episodes. They're a half hour. Really easy to get through. Great show. Hilarious. Can't recommend that enough. <clears throat> Another marvelous show that you should watch is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Now in season four. I'm, I'm way behind. I think I'm in season two. Really? Yeah. What just... the fuck's wrong with you? There's she's so marvelous, Ryan. And she, she is. Yeah, she's she's Midge. She's great. So we got the first two episodes dropped. I'm glad that they're doing it this way. It's yeah, two two episodes a time. So um, so when we left Midge at the end of season three, she was standing on a tarmac. She was just fired from her her dream job, and um, all her money was gone. From um, her manager, kind of became a gambling addict. Yeah. Thanks for spoiling that. Um. <laughs> you're, you're two seasons behind Metro. Yeah, two seasons. <laughs> Just two hey Ryan, behind. fuck you. <laughs> yeah, um, that's all right. It, it it's still funny, man. Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's just kind of where 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 we uh, pick up, and um, it's just as hilarious as ever. I mean, Ryan, stick your fingers in your ear and hum really loud until this is all over. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, this season kind of picks up with her. You see it in the trailer. Yeah, but that's why I was talking about stuff that was in the trail. The, the whole concept of this is basically like, she's like, why do I have to keep opening up for people that the benefit of me is me, so make me a headliner? Um, and you get to that realization within the, the first episode, uh, but what's funny is everything in between of her having to explain, you know... The, the events of season three. Right, yeah. to, her, to her family, but also this very funny thing with this insurance company and oh, yeah. Susie. <laughs> it, uh... I, I love this show so much. The second episode was was funny too, but uh, yeah, I really like th this entire cast: Tony Shalhoub, Kevin Pollock, all of them. There, there's a scene where almost all the characters in the show are on a Ferris wheel in the first episode. Yeah, and that's one of the funniest scenes that's been in, in the show at all because they're all just they're all confused about what's going on. And Did each, you get each, funnel cake? Each, yeah. each one is in a different like car of this Ferris wheel, and there's kids in it with them, and they're all yelling, and they're all just yelling random things okay i think my favorite thing is the fact that they just the, the kid's birthday didn't work for them so they, decided, <laughs> they just rescheduled they just rescheduled the birthday, birthday. Yeah. And, and not like it was oh it's it's tuesday and we're busy so let's just make it at the weekend it was like six months different yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know the show it's just so well written and amazon right yeah. yep yep on amazon Watch and, they, and they announced that it's this is the fourth season that's come out, and they just greenlit the fifth and final season. So, and, oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they did. Like and, five is the good. 
And and also Stranger Things, they've announced it's going to be season four is going to be split, but not much. It's going to be it's coming out in May, yeah. I think. Yeah, the May end of May, July. May and July, and then so that's the, that's Netflix's and, way. Of and that's season it out. four, and then <laughs> one more, one more, and then that's going to be the end of that. That's a good length for that. Seems like five seasons seems to be the good yeah. good way to end. Wait, wait till you see Babylon Five's fifth season, Ryan. I'm binging it right now. That's what's so. occupying my time. You, you mean it's not watching Tuck Rule? I did watch the Tuck Rule, uh, the latest ESPN 30 for 30. Um, so this is like a very pivotal moment in the history of the NFL. Um, explain what the Tuck Rule is, Ryan. It's kind of hard to explain. It, it, is, it is hard to explain. So it doesn't exist anymore. But back when the Patriots, before where they were the Patriots, Tom Brady had taken over for Drew Bledsoe, who was injured. So Brady was the backup. And their first playoff game, they're at home. And interestingly enough, in the movie, back then, they actually allowed the team's owner to decide their preference for when they wanted to play the game. So the Patriots owner specifically chose at night at Foxborough in New England because he knew it was going to be cold. But they didn't really know it was going to snow as much as it did. So they're playing this game in this blizzard. And the Oakland Raiders from the West Coast – Coming to this type of weather should have no shot at this, winning this game. And they were pretty much beating the Patriots most of the game. And the Patriots are driving late in the game to try and tie the score with a field goal. And what Brady does when he goes back to pass, he like motions like he's going to throw, but he sort of like pulls the ball back in. And when he's doing that, he gets hit, and the ball comes out. So everyone immediately screams, like, it's a fumble. The Raiders recovered it. They won the game. But apparently the NFL had this rule back then where if you tucked it and you didn't actually like completely get possession of the ball when you were hit, it was ruled an incomplete pass, not a fumble. So the Patriots were awarded possession. They ended up driving down the field, getting a field goal, and then winning the game in overtime. So it's an interesting – one of the coolest things to do about in sports is the what if. Saints fans will recognize this, like what if – Drew Brees didn't have a shoulder injury on his like last second to last game with the Chargers mm-hmm. that would have made Nick Saban and the Dolphins not want him because he would have went to Miami. But because he had a shoulder injury, the Saints were the ones who were willing to take a shot at him. So what if? If he didn't have that injury, that he would have went to the Dolphins. So one of the big what ifs is if that would have been ruled a fumble. Tom Brady actually, the cool thing about this, this movie – Brady's watching it in his house with Charles Woodson from the Oakland Raiders. They were teammates at Michigan. Woodson was a little hit him and caused the fumble, non-fumble. But Brady says when they're playing pool together that when Woodson asked him, what do you think would have happened if it would have been a fumble and we would have won the game? Brady says, I probably would have been the backup the next season because they would have probably said, you know, Drew Bledsoe was the veteran. He would have recognized the blitz coming and maybe the legacy of Tom Brady never happens. I mean, it's a really cool, like, what if. And that, that game, like, leads to the Patriots going on to win six Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. The Raiders end up moving away from Oakland. Charles Woodson leaves the Raiders, goes to the Packers, and eventually wins the Super Bowl there. But Tom Brady appears in Ted. They, they even ask Charles Woodson, you know, what do you think would happen? He's like, if we would have won the Super Bowl like the Patriots did, he's like, I probably would have been a Raider for life. It changed. That one play just changed so much about the NFL. It was, it was a really good documentary. ESPN does a really good job with these 30 for 30s. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's on ESPN Plus. Um, you might catch it on ESPN or ESPN Two every once in a while. Uh, they don't. They sort of throw those on whenever. But definitely worth a look if you're interested in the NFL and that, that amazing rule, which thankfully doesn't exist anymore. Tuck and roll.
What about the King's Man? I watched this today. Yeah, I watched it uh, last night. You both have watched it. Yeah. Yay! And you saw? Did you see it at the theater? I saw it in the in the yeah. motion it, picture theater. It, it just got released this past weekend on uh, HBO Max and Hulu. And Hulu, right, both of them. Yeah. And this is the third installment, which is a prequel to the Kingsman. Let's see, it was the Secret Kingsman, Kingsman the Secret, Secret Service, and then the Golden the Circle. Kingsman, the Golden Circle. And this is just the King's Man. Yeah. And it's a. Uh, Prequel about the genesis of the Kingsmen. How the organization got started. Yeah, it didn't look very interesting to me. Takes place during World War One. The hell you say? I mean, the trailer did not like make me want to go watch it. So um, it's got Ray Fiennes and John Manhattan. What else? Because what else can you that ask didn't for? interest you? No, it really well, didn't. I mean, the I secret think. is John Manhattan stores all of the weapons in his nostril. And then <laughs> it, it it came out and like they didn't get good buzz, so I just was like, oh. You know, you know how much Ryan cares about Buzz. No, I'm just if I'm not interested in specifically something in Home Alone, mm-hmm. or if it's something that looks really good because then it's Oscar bait and he won't watch it. That's it depends. You gotta tell me what the plot is first. <laughs> the King's Man is not Oscar bait. No, right. <laughs> it, it's not. Um, so, what did y'all think of this? I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't like it as much as the original Kingsman, uh, but I probably liked it better than the Golden Circle. So I was right. So I, I think I'm kind of with John. I I didn't dislike this. Um, I did like it better than the second one, not as much as the first. Um, I had a good time watching it. It was fun. Um, kind of forgettable. A forgettable. Little. I mean, it's, right. it it's, it, 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 it's there's nothing really wrong it's, with no, it. No, it's nothing wrong with the movie, but it, I feel like it wasn't as fun as the other two movies. That's were. why yeah. I didn't really want to see it. It didn't look as fun. Yeah, all of the fun in this movie comes from. Probably Gemma Arterton's character. Mm-hmm. She's really good in this. She's yeah. she's awesome. That's the one like problem I have. I, I enjoyed the movie a lot, um, but the, the the main thing is that it's it's a little bit long. Yeah, it's a bit long. And you feel the you feel the length, which comes down to a pacing thing for me. The the villain and the little subplot and all that kind of stuff is cool. Yeah, it is. And one thing that I will give it credit for, there's a lot like like I mentioned that takes place during World War One, and there are a lot of historical events that happened in this movie and they all actually happened. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool that they took things that actually happened and put a fun twist on them. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that there was, you know, uh, there was this whole plot where they wanted Mexico to invade the United States and during World War One and stuff like Is that. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Germany was trying to get so that, so that the United States would not join that war. They'd be worried about the Mexico War. Yeah. Sneaky fucking Germans. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Well, it's also the relationship between the kings of all those countries too. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. Which like I said, I thought that was all very. I, clever. I, I liked that Tom Hollander played all three of them. Yes. Apparently, this the there were three cousins growing up together. They were all in the same royal family, and they, they grew up to be King George of England, Kaiser Wilhelm, and Tsar Nicholas. And they were that's true. They all they all grew up together, and Tom Hollander plays all three of them. Can we talk about Rasputin? Sure. So that the, there, there's there's a scene where Ray Fiennes is wearing his underwear, and Rasputin is licking his thigh, and it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. But that's Rasputin. Yeah, he's one of the weirdest things ever. The the reason for this, Ryan's giving me this very funny. I, love, I, can, I know why Greg likes this movie. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, Ray finds his character in the beginning of the movie that happens, what, it's like 12 years before or something yeah. like that. He gets shot in his leg, and then when you see him 12 years later, he walks with a cane, and he's got the big the wound there, and Rasputin says, would you like me to heal your leg? And they've heard, you know, legend about this crazy Russian monk that can supposedly do these weird things. <laughs> Fucking and it's, Rasputin. Yeah, and that's it's, right. Yeah, and it's, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that's basically how you can describe this but character. I, that, so I was explaining to, to my wife, too, when we were watching it, the... The funny part to me is like like the ways they try like Rasputin was ridiculously hard to kill. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that's what they based Lord Vigo off of him. Yeah, like, like he he he's like one of the bosses in the video games that changes forms. Like they they have, you yeah. have to kill him several times. Did yeah. your wife like this movie? She enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, the cast is very good. I mean, Charles Dance is in it. Matthew Good's yeah. in it. Daniel Brühl was in it. Well, I mean, if you know anything about Rasputin, like in in this movie, and and, have, and Rasputin's to... played by Reese Ivans. Ivans. And they do several different things that end up with Rasputin dying. And when we were watching it, my wife was like, well, how did Rasputin really die? I was like, not killed by these people, but all that shit that happened, happened to, to him. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, Ray Fiennes looks like he's having a lot of fun. Like, seeing this kind of makes me wish they would do, I don't think they ever would, and it might be a bad idea, but if they would do kind of a spinoff movie about Mallory from the 007 movies, it would come out kind of, kind of like this, maybe. Um, See that's so, so funny you should mention it. I think this would have been a better like streaming miniseries. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, and I will say Matthew Vaughn, the way he shot some of the action scenes were really cool. Like there's a scene where a character is trying to parachute out of a biplane and he kind of gets stuck in the wing, and the way that Matthew Vaughn shoots it is really cool. Yeah, and like there's a sword fight where you're almost seeing the point of view of the sword at one point and. I don't know. It just it, yeah, a lot of the camera true. shots look really, really unique. But um, yeah, it's a it, it's fun. I wouldn't really it didn't blow me away. And I don't know this this franchise. I told John I kind of feel the same way. I feel with Fantastic Beasts. If they make a hundred of these, I'll go see them. But however, if they announce we're not making any more, I'll be like, all right, all right. So. I don't remember what I gave the other movies, but looking back on it now, I would say I would give the original Kingsman probably like an 8.5. I'd give the second one probably about a maybe a 6, and I'd give this one 6.57. 6.5 is, is kind of where I'd I was going yeah. 6.5. Yeah. Good to know we're all on the same page. But yeah. yes, contrary to Ryan's belief, it's not a forgettable... No, but I mean, it's yeah, it's... Um, he's not right. Ryan's not right. God but if, you, if you're interested at all, if you have HBO Max or Hulu, it's on It's on both of them. Give it a shot, and you can turn it off if you don't all right. like it. And I'm with you. I thought uh, Gemma Arterton, she was the standout. Yeah. Like, uh, John Manhattan was really good in the yeah, he, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's always good at yeah. these kind of parts, yeah. And now, it is time to nominate this week's Awesome Villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? I didn't watch very much, so I'm going to just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I know. I'm going to nominate Matt LeBlanc for episodes. I feel like... He's always going to be known as Joey, but I feel like he needs to be known for this as well. It's a it's a great turn. I, love, I just love the way he makes fun of himself. Mm-hmm. Turned himself into like the most despicable human being imaginable. So much so that he like would you. literally like host a TV show called The Box with contestants in a glass box, live streaming 24 hours a day. But he's such a degenerate, and he would get completely wasted and get turned on by one of the women in the box that he would masturbate on the box <laughs> for all the world to see. It's just like stuff like that that he does to himself. It's just, it's so hilarious. It's a, there you go. All right. Um, I'm going to nominate John Cena. Um, I mean, I never would have thought I'd be nominating him back when the Marine came out. Yeah. But um, I mean, <laughs> he, he truly like has grown at, at as an actor, and I'm very impressed with him with what he did with this character of Christopher Smith, aka the Peacemaker. Um, he's hilarious. He's he sh- shows some drama chops in this, and for such a 
odd character. It was just so captivating yeah. to see this this show. And I mean, and he just goes all in on the wackiness. And I thought it just it just fit everything with this this show. This weird character, the way that James Gunn directed it, the way John Cena played it, everything fit together perfectly. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with Cena. So that's what I'm going to go with him. I'm going to kind of go close to that. I'm going to nominate Freddie Stroma, who is one of the kind of second build kind of people in it. He plays Vigilante. And before this, the only thing I'd ever seen him in, I kind of looked on his IMDb thing, he was kind of a, I guess, lesser known Harry Potter character named Cormac McClagan. But, um,. Yeah, I mean the character Vigilante is is so funny in this. Yeah. I mean it's he's just this like really like awkward sociopath, but he makes it it, it makes he's, it funny. He's Deadpool with no powers. Yeah, basically he's Deadpool with no like, powers. Like imagine Milton from Office Space with a bazooka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like he just he doesn't really understand how people like how real people. The, okay, operate. the speech about sarcasm. Yeah, how you should let people know you're doing sarcasm. Yeah, and there's and there's there's a point in it where a character something pretty major happens and a character's starting to cry and his response is, "Come on, we're in a hurry. We don't have time for you to work on your face exercises right now." And they're like, "Um, he's crying." And they're like, "Oh, is that is that that's a thing?" And like. The way, yeah, he he's got some very funny delivery of lines in it, and the character was. The only thing I knew about Vigilante was just from a little bit, like from Arrow, which yeah, wasn't really and the character's different in the comics too. Like he's more serious. Yeah. Um. They they made him more wacky in this. Like he's a he's kind of a a rich person whose family dies in, in yeah. the comics. But yeah, this is this was a, a, an interesting twist on the character, and and like both of you said, both of those people, it's a nice little buddy cop. Yeah. Yeah. Degenerate buddy cop thing. Yeah. And I'm going to just throw up there Rachel Brosnahan because she's marvelous mm. and she's Mrs. Maisel. She is Marvel. She is. So, gentlemen, if you have to vote for someone other than your own, who would it be? Well, the one I'm going to pick, I can't see. Cena? I'm going to pick John Cena. I'm going to pick John Cena, too. I'm also yeah. going to pick John Cena. Yeah. Uh, I was going to pick Miss Maisel. Yay! This is his second win. Ooh, Cena, you're coming up with the hat trick. Um, you may very well be here right now. We just can't see you. <laughs> Because um, that's a thing. So yeah, like if you want to come stop by again, just make sure we're you're visible, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a good time. Ryan will share his uh, sauce with you and, and his sausage, and just teach us the dance from the opening credits. Yes. of the song. That's amazing. That's another thing Glenn and I were talking about. Like, what are they gonna do for the opening credits? Because at least half of those characters are dead. Well, they're gonna film another they're one. Film uh, another. They need to. You film. think it's gonna be the same song, or you think? They're gonna I hope so. Or maybe they'll pick. Because I don't really want to take sides. Yeah, maybe they'll. <laughs> Pick another power ballad. I don't know. I do love that too. How it's very eighties music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like soundtrack by Johnny Lawrence. All right. So remember, there are many ways to find us: Anchor Podcast, Google Podcasts, a host of other platforms. You can also go to theawesomevillage.com, where every time you listen to us, you do help us out here at the show. Or you Thanks. can just give us money. That's also true too. You know, maybe we'll come out with merch. You never yeah. know. We need to start an OnlyFans podcast. I'll do anything for a buck. Just point of view of your feet the entire time. We could. <laughs> that'll really that'll really turn on some women. Hey, there's always gonna be some freak out there who want to see something crazy. <laughs> we could live stream the podcast and just a, a permanent camera shot of my feet. I think we're on to something. All right, so you guys uh, <laughs> let that spin around your head, and and I'm sorry for the nightmares. We'll Don't work, we'll work on the Venmo page for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, this has been Greg, John, Glenn, Ryan. We will see you next week. <laughs>